This is a Soulfire production. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited because today I'm chatting with my dear friend, Camille. Hi, Camille. Hi, how's it going? It's going so well. I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. We're, we're sitting in my living room that Camille helped me build. I Amazoned it overnight. <laughs> And then, and then I, I forced Camille to come over and help me build furniture. You did not. You did not force me. It was post energy healing session. She volunteered as and I tribute. Volunteered. It looks but amazing. It looks. It's so on brand. So we did a great job. Yeah. How does it feel to sit in the room that you built? I feel like I've been waiting for this day for so long. In what way? Because like we sitting in it or no, podcasting? Podcasting. Oh really? Yeah. Why? Because we've been friends for like. A while now, two years, maybe, maybe a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah. And I'm like, when is she going to invite me on? <laughs> Never. <laughs> now here we are. Here we are. Well, okay. So if you guys don't know Camille, Camille is an integrative nutritionist. Is that what mm-hmm. uh, holistic nutritionist, however you want to say it? Um, integrative health practitioner. Mm-hmm. And she focuses on helping people clear their skin. And she works closely with Clear Stem Skincare. If you've been listening to the show, I've had Kaylee and Danielle on the podcast multiple times. So, you know, we're all we're all just connected. We're all a big, happy family. Yeah. Anything else you want to add about your bio? <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, you covered it. I'm sure we'll get into more questions and stuff, but that's yeah, that's about what I do. Yeah. Great. And in case they want to stalk you while we're talking, what's your handle? It's Camille Marie underscore nutrition. Great. Cool. Instagram. If you guys want to stalk while, while we're talking. Yeah. So I want to talk about your journey with that. And also we definitely have to talk about our friendship for sure. So we'll talk about acne skin. I'm really excited. I want to bring this back around and some, some spiritual angles to that as well. But before we jump into that, I just want to remind you that if you haven't already signed up for the manifestation mastery deep dive, It's not too late. You can still jump into that. So what that's going to be is a virtual book club that's going to last the next six months. I'm super excited, but it's just one call a month. And so the way it's going to work is on each call, we're going to break down a portion of the text, about 40 to 50 pages for each call. And I'm going to really unpack all of the different concepts that they lay out in the book and share a lot that came through for me while writing that I didn't explicitly the guides didn't explicitly state in the book. So I'm really pumped. And uh, there's been a lot coming through recently that they want to share in the deep dive. It's going to be a great place to ask questions, just to go deeper into the information and really integrate and apply what you learn in the text. So whether it's your first time reading or you're rereading, it's a great time to jump in and really get the most out of it if you really want to shift your life. And, you know, I always say like, it's one thing to say you want to change your life and shift your reality. It's another to invest in yourself and choose it and show up to a container, no matter what that is. That's telling the universe, all right, I'm ready. Like, let's go. So highly recommend checking that out. You'll get all of the recordings if you sign up. So it's going to be a ton of fun. And I will put the link in the show notes or rather the production team. Cough, cough, so fire. <laughs> the, the, the description of the show notes so you can sign up there. So I'm super pumped. Manifestation Mastery. We have we have them sitting out right here. Three of them. Yeah. 
And Camille was was with me during the whole launch process. You got to mm-hmm. kind of see the whole behind the scenes. Yeah, it was so fun. Great book. Highly recommend. <laughs> Highly recommend. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, so let's start with I want to I want you to share like how you your journey with your skin actually. You know, like like because I think it's easy for people to look at you. You have like perfect porcelain clear skin and I don't think anybody would ever think that you ever struggled with acne, you know? So mm-hmm. can you share more about like your journey with your skin? Yeah, for sure. And it's so funny that you say that because a lot of people say that to me now. They're like, wow, mm-hmm. your skin's so clear. I can't even imagine what it would have looked like before. Yeah. And to me, even though, yes, my skin it looks much better than it did, and I really don't deal with breakouts anymore, I still sometimes look in the mirror and I'm like, I see like because I spent so long analyzing my face. Like I had yeah. one of those mirrors that was like the magnifying mirror and oh I would just God, I stare at my face in those the morning. Are dangerous. Yeah. And, and like squeeze my face and pick at it. And so I got this really distorted kind of view of myself that I still, I still almost see myself that way. Like I'll go back there and I'm like, I, I nitpick the mm-hmm. littlest things, but Anyways, so to back up, I struggled with acne all through kind of my like, like right when I hit puberty and like in my my early teens, I didn't have terrible skin at all. But then something shifted when I turned about like 17, 18 when I was going away to college. And it just it was like a light switch. It got so bad. And I was dealing with really bad hormonal breakouts. Mm -hmm. So all the bottom half of my face, like my from my like cheeks up my forehead were pretty clear, but my uh, chin jawline down my neck a little bit, just like covered in like cystic deep breakouts. Mm. And um, so I kind of dealt with that all through end of high school, through college, was going to a bunch of different dermatologists through Kaiser because um, that was my my health insurance. And that's just what my mom said to do. And they prescribed different birth controls, those harsh topical creams, um, different antibiotics. I was on pretty much all of them, minocycline, doxycycline. I don't even remember. I probably Same. tried like, yeah. Like, I had I had weird reactions to a lot of them too. And then I found yeah. one mm. that worked. I don't remember what it was, whatever. Yeah, none of them, none of them worked for me. Mm. Like nothing worked and no one could really give me answers. And I tried going like, the natural route, like natural skincare route to, to try, you know, topically, what can I do to fix this? And nothing worked, nothing worked, everything made it worse. And I think the worst part of it for me was it just took such a toll on my self-esteem and yeah. my self-image and really impacted the way that I showed up in the world, the way I showed up in my relationships, my friendships um, with my family. I just, I knew I wasn't the best version of myself at all, like very far from it. But I didn't know how to not let it impact me the way that it was. I just like wanted it to go away so badly. I remember distinctly one appointment I had with a dermatologist at Kaiser and she was like, we had tried everything at that point. This was maybe like junior year of college. Had you done Accutane? No. So she recommended, she was like, well, you know, you've tried everything at this point. You probably need to do Accutane. And I had been doing some like cursory research online on my own at that point, just kind of looking into how can I support my skin. And I had read something about dairy and acne being related. 
And I asked her, you know, does my diet or anything that I'm eating have any impact on my skin and my acne? And she she was just like, no, there's no evidence to support that. <laughs> oh like she didn't God. even say, oh, um, you know, possibly I haven't yeah. looked into it. Uh, she was straight up just like, no. And I remember in that, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, this feeling of being in a doctor's office um, and you're trying to explain to them what you're experiencing and you can see it's just going in one ear and out the other. Totally. And they're just kind of staring at you with a blank face, like waiting for you to finish so they can just prescribe whatever they're going to prescribe. And I just felt so defeated. And I was like, you're not listening. You're yeah. not listening to me. I was, I, at that point was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do Accutane. And I just stopped, I stopped going to see her. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I would need to figure this out on my own, but I was a struggling college student. You know, I didn't have any, any money really. I wanted to go the holistic route, but I knew that was going to be expensive. So I just kind of dealt with it. Honestly. Why did you want to go the holistic route? Like, how, were you already kind of in the health scene. I'm just thinking about myself, right? Cause I was in a similar situation and, and I was so obsessed with, I have to figure this out with my skin, mm-hmm. but that wasn't even in my field. Like the like whole holistic space was nowhere in my field. So never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Right. So how did you already have that point of reference? Like, did you grow up healthy or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Most people don't yeah. even think about that. Yeah. That's a good question. So now looking back, I can say, oh, I wanted to go the holistic route. Then I didn't have that verbiage for it. Like, yeah. I didn't know what that was. But um, when I had started reading about dairy and acne, I decided, OK, I'm going to try to kind of tweak my diet and see if that okay. has any impact. So I cut out dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I mean, I was eating so much dairy. I think back to junior year of college, like this sounds so gross, but I was like, I was obsessed with cottage cheese. Like oh my <laughs> cottage gosh. cheese every morning for breakfast. Yeah. I had cheese on everything, no matter what I was eating. I was into weightlifting. Yeah. Still am. But, um, I would chug protein shakes cause I've always been thin and I wanted to put on muscle. So I'm like, I'm just going to chug whey protein. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know at the time that that was milk based. So I was having, I was having dairy probably four or five times a day. I was addicted to it. But I was like, I wanted more than anything to clear my skin. So I just cut it out. I cut it out and saw such a huge improvement just from that one thing alone. And mind you, the rest of my lifestyle was still garbage. Like I was working out, but <laughs> yeah. um, I, I was also drinking all the time. I was, yeah, I had a horrible relationship with myself. I mean, one of the hardest parts of acne for me was waking up in the morning and immediately feeling my face for new breakouts. And then I would just pack on makeup. Mm-hmm. And at the time I had no idea what pore clogging ingredients were. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I was using, I mean, I was using bare minerals at the time. I thought that was a good makeup. I thought, I mean, I was using natural organic skincare. I thought all that was good. I came, came to find out later, none of it, none of it was good. But, um, well, there's a scale, right? It's like better yes. than straight up toxic, but it was still clogging your pores. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then once I graduated college, that's when I started kind of doing more research. I started working for, um, a digital marketing agency. I was finally making like, my own money. And the first thing I invested in was, uh, my skin. Mm-hmm. So I was just Googling, I was living in San Diego and um the san diego acne clinic popped up on google and i was like 
perfect. I'm going to give that a try. So that's when I first met Danielle, which was in October, I think, of 2018. And we had a long, I think I was there for like two and a half hours. She had me bring all my supplements. She looked at all my products, all the ingredients. We did a full like extraction facial and everything. And that kind of was the catalyst of me healing my skin. And yeah, it took it took a while because I'm stubborn and I mm-hmm. wanted to do everything. I wanted to do everything my on my own. And I was lucky in the way that I think there's so much internally that can be off mm-hmm. that can contribute to acne, which I mean, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. But for me, luckily, I didn't have to do any like really intense dieting. I didn't have any bad like mold issues or candida or anything like that. Like once I scaled back on drinking really worked on my diet more, cleaned up my skincare products and really kind of healed that relationship with myself. Yeah. And we can get more into that too, but that's when I really cleared my skin. It took a few years, but yeah, I mean, I think skin, it's so interesting. And, and now that I'm like more in the spiritual realm, right? I have a de- such a different perspective on it. And you also look at the brand rewiring perspective and it's like, well, when you've decided I have acne and you know, this is what I've told some of our friends. It's like, mm-hmm. when you identify, oh my God, I have acne. Now you're bringing that into your identity versus I had a breakout and it's going to clear and go away, but I don't identify as somebody with acne. Like when, once you've brought that into your identity, now you're creating more of it, right? Or when mm-hmm. you get in that cycle, which most people do. I know I was in it too. And you were describing as well of like, I'm waking up and I'm like, is there a new breakout? I'm already anticipating or expecting it to be there. Like we create that we create health issues. We can create health issues Mm -hmm. when we're already expecting them to, to be there. Right. And then it becomes this like beat this constant loop of creating it. Right. And then you're stressed out about it. You're stressed out about it. And then you break out more because of the stress. And I remember I was always so frustrated with that. And that would come up for me with all my gut issues and, and then, and with skin stuff as well, but it's like, just stop stressing. And I'm like, but I'm stressed that the problem is there. Like the, the problem is making me stressed. (laughs) So then it's just this, this endless cycle. But I think, you know, that is all really important to think about just with the mindset piece. I know for me, I wish I had more tools like that earlier on, because when you are trying to figure it out or you are in that healing process, it, it can take time, like that physical healing, you know? And so what can you do during that time for me to have something where it's like, I know I can control this. I can control my mindset. I can control what I'm visualizing and how I see myself and what I'm expecting. Like I can expect that it's going to go away that I think that would have really helped me just to feel like I'm doing something every single day, you know? And I was just talking to my friend about this who specialized in chronic illness for a long time. And we were talking about skin because she also, I feel like everybody I know, like had a period of cystic acne. And I asked her, I was like, what was the thing for you? Because it's so different for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, she's like, you know, I never like did anything to focus on my skin. It just went away. Like the more I was focusing Mm -hmm. on my trauma healing, my shadow work, because I was healing my chronic illness, like it just kind of went away. And I thought that was also a really interesting perspective because she was saying that with her clients with acne, she's like, I never really focus on it. It just kind of like goes away, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's such that mindset piece to it, right? But then there are also the really simple dietary pieces to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious for you, what did you notice were your dietary triggers besides dairy? Mm. 
Yeah, my big dietary trigger, I mean, yes, dairy was probably the biggest. Gluten was also a big mm-hmm. one for me, although I I don't have celiacs and I, I'm kind of sensitive to gluten, but I can tolerate it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Processed soy mm. is not good for me. And alcohol, I think, was obviously a oh big my God. one, which is not a food. Um, but it's a poison. Yeah. Wow. Can't believe lot. that poison. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So bad. Um. But yeah. Other than that, I mean, those were those were my big ones. Mm-hmm. And sugar, like refined sugar. Refined sugar. Yeah. Okay. Once I kind of cut that out, um, I was like, I remember when I figured out dairy was giving me like conventional crappy dairy was giving me acne in high school. And I was like, great, I'm going to switch to soy milk. And so I literally replaced, <laughs> I drank so much milk. It was, it was out of control how much milk. What? And what I had cheese with everything. With like, I mean, what did I, I, I drank it. Like just like a glass of milk. Yeah. Like a glass of soy my, milk? yeah, I drank, I drank a glass of milk with every meal. Oh my God. And then I had cereal with milk. Right. Oh wow. I would make like milkshakes and stuff. I, I, I always I had milk five or six times a day. <laughs> I'm not joking. And then I also had cheese with everything, right? Like, oh, that's worse than I was. Oh my God. I was, it was so bad. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to replace this. And I replaced it with silk soy milk, specifically <laughs> the chocolate, chocolate, <laughs> the chocolate soy milk. Oh my God. It tasted Ew. so good. It tasted so good. And then I just started drinking that. <laughs> I can't believe you had it with every meal. Oh my God. It was so bad. My brother would do that. He had milk with every single meal. Yeah. And I always was just like, ew. I remember going to college and being in the dining hall. And I thought everybody in the whole world had milk with every meal. And I would get my <laughs> glass of milk and all my friends were like, what are you doing? And I was like, you guys don't drink milk with dinner? I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was pretty common yeah. for us growing up. Like, right? Because yeah, that was the whole was like, that really that weird bones? Thing. Yeah, like, I don't it know. Was common. And my mom used to always sneak milk into everything and like that muscle milk stuff because they were so worried about me because I was so, you know, my volleyball spandex were baggy. I was like just so scrawny, and so she was trying to just pump me up with milk, muscle milk. <laughs> muscle milk. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. So dietary triggers and then what about like with products what were you uncovering Mm. so I was using for the longest time I remember using this face wash that had um algae in it Mm. and uh that is one it's a a natural great ingredient to eat Mm -hmm. but not to put on your skin that was something I learned from Danielle just because it has that like if you think of like algae or seaweed stuff it has that like gelatinous a layer that can clog your pores. So I was using, um, I was using a face wash that had that I was using, I liked the matte bare minerals, which I actually really didn't like it, but Mm -hmm. it was the only thing that I felt covered, uh, the breakouts on my face Mm -hmm. well enough. And I was always so scared to switch my makeup because I'm like, it's just gonna, I'm going to spend all this money to get another makeup. And it's, probably going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. And so I just stuck with what I was using, even though I didn't like it. That had, I don't remember the ingredient specifically, but I know that had some bad Mm -hmm. pore cloggers in it. Um, I don't even remember. Honestly, my memory is so bad. (laughs) The thing is that most, like most non-toxic products have pore cloggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, like most of them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there was a boom of natural skincare 
when we were in college, kind of around that time. Mm -hmm. And everything was, it was like, yeah, it's four ingredients. It's natural. And it's coconut oil and shea butter. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I mean, I knew nothing about pork cloggers, but I remember buying some of that stuff and I could just feel, I'm like, you know, when you just feel clogged, like you Mm -hmm. can like, you can just feel it. I was like, this is not, this, (laughs) my skin feels polluted and Mm -hmm. congested. This is not right. Mm -hmm. You know? So Mm -hmm. I think that's important for people to, to realize. What about with supplements? Oh my gosh. I think the big one with supplements, because that was before I was really into mm-hmm. the health and wellness world. And even now I don't take a ton of supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big one was the whey protein, the protein yeah. powder with my, mm-hmm. um, that I would put in my smoothies and stuff. I'm trying to think what else. Vitamin D, that one was a big one that I was on at the time. You were taking too much. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm taking too much. Um, I think that was it though. There wasn't a ton with supplements. I remember products. There was so much that I had okay. to go through. Um, but yeah, I really remember like one of the worst parts of it all was I just wanted to be able to not wear makeup. Yeah. You know, like I felt imprisoned mm-hmm. by makeup. And obviously that was me like mentally putting that on myself. Like I didn't have to wear makeup. But, oh, I felt the same way. You know, for a while. I'm like, I don't even want this. It, I don't like how it looks, but like it anything's better than the alternative of just not having anything on my face and having to go out in public, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt like that more with scarring actually mm. for me. I remember getting to a place where I was like, so that's the great word imprisoned by like my scars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's like a permanent thing. And at least like, the acne would like, you know, this will go away and then another one will pop up. But I don't know. It, it was. The scarring was like bad for me. Uh, it was like, I can never forget this. <laughs> it's yeah. Like it's in my skin. And I remember when I got to a place with my skin and my scars where like I could not wear makeup. Like I remember this distinctly. I remember I was, I was in college and I was like, I can leave my house and I don't need to wear makeup. Mm-hmm. Um. And I felt so free. I just felt so free. Like, oh my God, so free, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that like that mental emotional side is something that I think a lot of people feel kind of, I don't know, embarrassed, ashamed to to even talk about. Like, I know for me, I felt that way. I was like, I don't want to complain about this. You know, I would like, I'd be like, I would tell myself people have worse problems. I don't want to complain about this. And I also felt like nobody wanted to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, and even telling my therapist, I was like, I can tell that you're annoyed with me right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would you say to somebody who's struggling with that right now? Mm, that piece of it is so hard because I was the same as you. I was like, I not I'm a bad person, but like I shouldn't be complaining about this. Yeah. Like I need to kind of suffer in silence because, yeah, people have it way worse than than me. Why am I over here complaining about my skin, Mm -hmm. you know, when it's such like a surface level thing, but it was, it impacted me so badly, you know, and you can't necessarily control, you can't control what, what you're dealing with and it impacts you the way that it impacts you, you know, and there's no shame. There's no shame about that. Everyone has their own struggle and everyone's struggle is valid, Mm -hmm. you know, and just reminding yourself, you're reminding yourself of that. But yeah, that whole mental, emotional piece, I mean, 
going through going through that and working through those things too was a big piece of clearing my skin as mm. well and i mean you know that yeah so what helped you with that wow that was a lot um i and i didn't realize it at the time but like now looking back at my life and the point i was at with with my skin i I realized how like how I was living my life, the job I was working, like how I was showing up in my relationships, what I was tolerating, like that was all contributing to the problem as well. And what I mean by that is the way I was living back then, and I'm thinking like straight out of college, I was not intentional at all about anything I was doing. I graduated. I had a bunch of student loans that I had to pay down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I guess I have to get a job. And I just kind of fell into marketing. Um, one of my friends was working at uh, this marketing agency in Rancho Bernardo. And, and she was like, oh, their, their sister company is hiring. You should apply. And I was like, okay. <laughs> had no clue what it was. Got the job. Mm -hmm. Started doing like It was just like, I was just like blindly rolling through life. Yeah. Kind of, you know? Yeah. Like I had, took no time to be like, who am I? What do I want to do? Um, and then I was working that job. I um, had a boyfriend at the time who was great, but like I was so out of touch with myself and who I was and what I wanted that like I really wasn't showing up to that relationship in the way that I wanted to. Um, but he was so invested in it and he was such a great guy that I like really didn't want to, I really didn't want to hurt him. And I know this seems like roundabout, but it's all connected. <laughs> so I hated myself for like how I was showing up in that relationship because I wasn't being the person that I, I wasn't being a good girlfriend and I wasn't being the person that I wanted to be. And at work, I was working this job that I fell into that I didn't want to be in. And I felt trapped. I felt completely trapped in my life and I was so unhappy and my skin was still bad at that point. And that was even like while I was working with um, the holistic esthetician and cleaning up my products and doing all of that. And I was still really struggling with my skin and it really had to take me getting out of that relationship, realizing that I had kind of trauma and things I needed to work through from childhood and starting therapy. I think mm -hmm. starting therapy was the catalyst of me like kind of opening up to someone and talking about um talking about my past and how all those things have impacted me. And then yeah, therapy was the catalyst that really helped uh because prior to that I was not good at talking to anybody. I just really kept things bottled up. And then shortly after that is when I met you mm. and started doing the energy mm -hmm. work, which I mean, I'm a completely different person. Like yeah. from, from yeah. tw 2019, 2020 Camille to now, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, transformed in that time. But for me, it was like night and day, like, it, yeah, I'm a completely different person. So I think the, honestly, the energy work was the most impactful at just like getting that like gunk out of my yeah out of my system totally 
if you feel like you could use a little bit of extra stress reduction, maybe some extra sleep support, which let's be honest, I think we, we could all use a, a little more sleep, a little deeper sleep and something to help us wind down and relax. This is why I'm obsessed with Organifi chocolate gold specifically. I truly think this is one of the best inventions. Is it an invention? I don't know. Concoctions, recipes, whatever. Organifi chocolate gold is literally one of the best tasting things I've ever come across in my life. And that's saying something because we all know I was a food blogger for a while. It tastes like the most delicious, creamy hot chocolate with a slight golden milk twang. The chocolate gold has has more hot chocolate-esque flavor to me than golden milk, but it has this really unique flavor that I'm just obsessed with. It's so comforting and warm. And what I love about it is you literally just have to add a scoop into hot water. I don't add any nut milk or anything and it tastes so good. But what's amazing about chocolate gold is it has all of the ingredients that I probably would otherwise take in capsule form that help me wind down, relax, and get a good night's sleep, including superstars like reishi mushroom, queen of the mushrooms, one of my favorite adaptogens, amazing for her grounding effects, calming the system down, regulating our cortisol response, turkey tail, another adaptogenic mushroom that is incredible for boosting the immune system. It has antiviral properties. It is great for recovery supports and amazing for digestion. Lemon balm known as the calming herb supports relaxation and helps you get a better quality of sleep. And magnesium, of course, magnesium being one of the most important minerals in the body and incredible for supporting rest and relaxation, winding you down before bed and helping to relieve any anxiety, aches, pains. We all know I'm a big, big magnesium girl. Chocolate gold is just jam-packed with everything you need to wind down before bed and so much more delicious and convenient than taking supplements or herbs in another way. So it's my favorite little nightcap. Tastes so good. Who could turn down a healthy hot chocolate with all those benefits? And it's sugar-free. If you saw my Instagram stories, I'm not joking. I have 15 of these stocked up because I can't live without it. I'm, I'm that intense. So if you want to get your hands on some, you know, get the, the final jars that I haven't already purchased, then go to Organifi.com slash CTC. You can check out Chocolate Gold and all of the other incredible products that I literally live off of. They're so delicious. Again, Organifi.com slash CTC. My code CTC will get you 20% off your order. And that's spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CTC. Get your hands on some Chocolate Golds and some other goodies because we know you won't be able to stop and be sure to tag me on Instagram so I can hear what you think. Well, that is one of the big things. I mean, there, there are a lot of angles to look at to look at when you're looking at acne energetically, but at its core, right? Things are looking to get out of your system. Like there's like this purge energy, right? And so when I'm going in there energetically, it's like, well, what needs to get out? And for a lot of people, there are a lot of stuck emotions, right? That really need to be released. There's also what, where is all of the, the energetic gunk in your life? Like what, what you were saying, it's like, you know, any friends that aren't serving you anymore, are you in a job that doesn't serve you? It's like your body is trying to tell you this stuff has to get out. Like my emotions have to get out. My truth has to get out. It needs to get out. And so it's the same way. Like if you're not pooping, right, it's going to come out your skin, right? If you're not mm -hmm. pooping, if you're not sweating, it's going to come out of your skin when our body needs to detox. And so you open up those other drainage pathways and now 
you know, it doesn't have to come out of your skin necessarily, but it's the same thing with energy. Like if you're not getting that energy out, it's going to come out somewhere. And I find that for a lot of, and this is the type of person that comes my way, right? These, um, very, <laughs> I'll, I'll call, I'll call us like type a stubborn women, high achieving women, right. Mm-hmm. Who suppress a lot of emotions who are, and I bring up the stubborn piece. Cause it's like, you know what? I can move past this. I can keep going. And, and what's going to be the thing that's going to force me to feel what's going to be the thing that's going to force me to finally speak my truth. And for that type of person, it's typically, well, when it's on my face, I'm going to look at this. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you look at, you know, some of the, the spiritual roots of different health issues, what's going to be the thing where you listen. And I've said this many times on the, many times on the podcast. And I look at, you know, for me, I know how hardheaded I can be, how stubborn I can be. Like you really have to knock me down really hard. Right. Like it, for me to slow down. And so I got knocked down the hardest because that was the only way I was going to ever listen was when I literally couldn't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's the same kind of effect for a lot of people with, with their skin. Like what's going to be the thing that actually brings you to your knees and actually forces you to look inside and what you really need. And, and big picture realigns you with your truth and living your truth. And for a lot of people, it ends up being their skin because it's like, I can't, I I can't move forward. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we can both think of so many people where it's like, yeah, that had to be the thing. Had it been anything else, they would have kept going. They would have just avoided it. You know, Mm -hmm. you can, you can cover up other things. You know, I was, I was talking to one of my friends about this and we were talking about, cause we both have a history of different gut issues like SIBO and parasites. And she was like, honestly, all of my gut issues being super bloated, I would take any day over all of my acne. She was like, because I could hide my bloating, like, mm-hmm. but my acne was like the, I felt like it was the first thing people saw about me and people make assumptions. Meanwhile, I'm living this super clean lifestyle. I'm doing all of these health habits and I still have this, you know? And so it's like something bigger is, is going on, but I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought that up because it's so common you know, and I would think about like, like what wants to get perched? Like what, what needs to be released? Like in a lot of that is emotions. And I was thinking about this. I mean, I know there's, there's scientific hormonal reasons why it seems to be more of an issue for women than men. Right. And looking Mm -hmm. at our fluctuating hormones. So yes. And energetically women tend to carry emotion and energy for everybody else right think about like how we interact in a family unit for example and we don't release all that we just hold it all we process it all right and so if that doesn't have some space to get out i'm not surprised right when that shows up through the skin through bloating digestive issues um you know through issues with the reproductive system our livers are super overburdened because they it can't process everything, right? The, mm-hmm. the liver is processing all the old stuff. It's not just hormones and toxins. It's also all of the emotions. And so when you are taking totally. on everybody else's emotions, right. And not giving that room to get out, like it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's my spiel on yeah. it. Yeah. But I'm glad the energy work helped, helped so much. I felt like I, I was talking to Sam about this. Mm-hmm. I forget how we were, well, we found out that the story she's been telling everybody about how we met was incorrect or that whole really? trajectory. Yeah, she's been telling everybody that the second time we met was when I told her she needed to come in for a session. And 
And I was like, no, no, no. We, we uncovered that we had multiple meetings in between there. So it wasn't oh, totally. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's news to me. But then I was thinking about when I'm, I was, when did I meet you? Like, was okay, it when I you remember. came to my house? Was yeah. that when? It was peak COVID or not peak COVID. It was probably like April. Yeah. It was like 2020. A couple of weeks. Uh, you were living in Hillcrest right yeah. by Lazy Acres. I had just maybe like a month prior moved in with Sam in Mission Hills. We were right around the corner from you. And I think Sam was on Instagram or something and you had made some type of bread or like something oh, that looked yeah. really good. I made paleo cinnamon roll bread. Yeah. It was so good. And it had a frosting. Okay. <laughs> and Sam was like, oh, I want some. And you're like, oh, I'll give you some. And so Sam was like, okay, we're going to walk over to Christina's um, and get some get some of the cinnamon bread. And yeah. Like, Great. Sign me up. <laughs> so we walked over and yeah, you came, you were living at an apartment over there mm-hmm. at the time. And I think you came down with the bread and that was when we first met. Yeah. And then when was the next time? Cause I, I mean, I remember that, but I remember you like, I felt like you didn't say anything. I was like, I don't really know who this person is, honestly. And then we went <laughs> grocery shopping. I was like, I'm going to come oh, with you guys. Yeah. yeah we went and so shopping. that was that. And then that's and then when, when did I met. see you next? It was the next time I saw you when you guys came in for that that session at my house? It, honestly, it could have been. It could have been. Because yeah. after you lived there, didn't you move to an apartment prior to moving here? Yeah. I li- oh, okay. So I lived in Encinitas. And I remember you called me about health coaching programs. Oh, yes. And I remember at the time, I don't know. How did that happen? I don't know how that happened. Okay. It's because around that same time is when Kaylee and I were really close. Yeah. We were good friends. And Kaylee was the first person that I met who was kind of in that more. She had, she was working as a holistic nutritionist. She was the first person I connected with where I was like, oh, she gets me. Like I didn't have any other friends in my sphere at that time, Mm -hmm. early 2020 that were into nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was telling Kaylee about what I wanted to do and kind of what I was interested in. And she was like, oh, you should talk to Christina. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, because I knew you were well-connected in that space and that you knew about a lot of the different programs because that's when I was kind of deciding what uh, schooling I wanted to do. And yeah, we talked on the phone. Yeah, I, I remember Yeah, I remember that. I was like, I don't know if this is weird. And then I remember <laughs> I was like, I barely know this person, but I'm going to be aggressive and just be like, you should go to this school. <laughs> I, I remember that. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. I, I remember you were like, you were like saying you're going to go one direction. I'm like, no, yep. you need to go in this direction. You're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Cause that's still when I was, I was working full time yeah. at the marketing agency, but, um, at a different, at a different agency at that point. And it was all work from home. And, um, and I was deciding, I think between the NTA mm-hmm. and IHP was like, uh, which is this, the integrative health practitioner program. That one I didn't know as much about. I had done a lot more research on the NTA, but uh, you had mentioned, yeah, you mentioned yeah. HP, and you're like, yeah, I think you need to do this one. Yeah, I remember that. And you yeah. were like, who the hell is this? Yeah, I was like, ah, uh, at that point, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna do that. But then I ended up, I ended up doing it. It's so funny because I mean, think about that conversation, okay? And the way <laughs> I said that, and if a similar conversation happened right now, you would just like. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't question right, it at yeah, all. You wouldn't at question all. it at all. You're like, okay, she just knows. She just knows. Right. But yeah. yeah. So then, and then you guys came in for your sessions and that was November. Yeah. November 2020. I remember that so clearly. No, Sam I was definitely hungover. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
she's gonna she's not gonna like that we're mentioning her but it's fine <laughs> but you know and and you know what i love about this is why i love energy work because it doesn't take that many sessions for me to look at somebody and be like holy shit that person just transformed into a completely different version of themselves like Mm -hmm. you really took it and ran with it and we we could like feel you could like feel the difference you know like you can feel when we're pulling stuff out and Mm -hmm. um I also feel like I don't know I've been reflecting on this a lot of just you know my perception of people I feel is so different than everybody else's perception of those people because I see this whole other side of them Mm -hmm. and I feel like I see the truth of them I don't, I, yeah. I, I don't see the masks it's, and I think this is why people are sometimes scared of me. Cause it's like, whatever illusion you're trying to put up, I don't even I- invisible can't see it. It's like, this is what's going on, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that that connects back to even the story you're telling around going to different dermatologists. And I had the experience too. And with doctors of it just in one ear, out the other, like, do you see me? Right. And then you have that experience with Danielle who takes two hours to really go through all of your stuff. And she really cares, right? Like you can feel that Mm -hmm. from somebody who cares. Danielle is like, you know, one of many reasons why she's so good at what she does is she really gives a shit, right? Like she like really gives a shit. Uh, and she's like so dedicated. She's as committed as you are Mm -hmm. right to healing that. And just to be seen in that way is so magical. And I think that's also one of the gifts with energy healing. It's like you're seen Mm -hmm. and you don't have to explain it. Yeah. I think that's the key piece that's so powerful about it is because there's so many different types of healing modalities and that kind of thing. But like with talk therapy, for example, like you have to talk yeah, and that takes effort and you have to be pretty self-aware to get anywhere with that. Um, But the energy work, yeah, you just lay there and you know everything. How did you, we never talked about this. How did you feel after that? Like first session, like about, uh, I don't know. I don't even remember what we talked about. I don't really remember what I said. That was like a, oh shit moment for me. Where I was like, yeah, where I, because I remember, I mean, I still have the notes on my phone of everything Uh. that you said. (laughs) Um, But I mean, the biggest thing that stood out to me was like, you were like your heart space is so heavy and weighed down because you're holding everyone else's shit in your life. And I didn't realize I was doing that. Yeah. Like I didn't even know at that point, I didn't even really know the word empath, Mm. you know? Wow. And, um, I really identified with that where I was like, that's how I learned as a child to, um, like be valuable is to just let people dump on you and to feel what they're feeling, like sit in it with them. That's how I learned to, to, yeah, be like a valuable person. Um, and I didn't realize how negatively that was impacting me and how it was like, I didn't have to do that. I just thought I had to, yeah. you know? So that was the biggest catalyst where I was like, oh, I can completely change how I relate to other people. And I actually have to do that to be who I'm supposed to become yeah. and, and survive. Cause if I, if I kept doing what I was doing, that was not, that was not going to be good for me. Yeah. And you were ready to do that because that's the difference too. A lot of people come in and here's the thing. I never say anything 
people don't already know somewhere. I might not have been unconscious, right? But people know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you receive that information and people will say this. It's like, yeah, I know I have to do this, but then they choose not to because they're not ready. Mm -hmm. Right. But I felt like you were just so ready. I mean, look at all the things you changed and released and shifted. Even just, I think about like that one year period, most people are not ready to do all of that. But I felt like you were, you were so ready. You didn't know you needed it, but it was just like, you needed permission to like, let it go, Mm -hmm. stop holding it. And you're like, great done <laughs> yeah you know yeah, it's so true yeah you know? I was like it just as soon as it, it was in my awareness like my conscious awareness yeah. right there I was like yep that's gotta go yeah <laughs> so what what were some of the tangible things or tools that have really helped you like as an empath because I know a lot of people listening can relate to that mm, yeah that's a good question or even just any key pieces like you know from that work like of like tangible like it could be a mindset shift or things that you do or ways that you, you view things now that shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the big things are um, like checking in with myself, mm-hmm. like in the morning, both in the morning and at night and especially at night, like once you've gone through your whole day being like, what am I, what am I holding right now that, that doesn't feel right? Like I think f- And honestly, it's still kind of a struggle to this day, but like tuning into who, like how you feel as an individual, like when you're at your best and kind of like in your own energy, what does that feel like? And then, then, you know, when like something else comes in or you start feeling a certain way, you, you have to discern, okay, is this is this mine? And if so, kind of why am I feeling like that? Where is it coming from? Or what, what have I been doing recently or who I have I been around? And has that had any impact on that feeling? And maybe I can just simply release it because it's not mine. So doing things like just spending more time alone in my own energy, meditating, taking baths, just doing my own thing more instead of being surrounded by people all the time. I mean, that's a key piece. If, if you are an empath and you're a sensitive person, like you need to be able to tune into, um, kind of what your homeostasis is. And the only way to do that is, or, and to know what that is, is to spend time alone. 100%. And it sounds so simple and people will not do it because a lot of people who are empaths or even you can look at like a human design chart and you have a lot of open emotional or open centers. People get addicted to other people's energy. <laughs> and I have, I know so many people and I tell them that all the time. Cause it's like, you have to have that compare and contrast point when people come into the office, into my office and they leave the session. Like, I feel so amazing after our sessions. So I'm like, yeah, that's your natural state. And so anytime you don't feel like that, someone else's shit. Right. So you have most people don't have that comparison point. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is people go in their lives and they they are afraid to break the addiction. People are afraid to be by themselves. They they're like, I am by myself. No, you're on your phone. No, you're on Instagram. No, you're watching TV. No, you're listening to music. You're Mm -hmm. you're always interacting with other people's energy, right? Or oh, I went on a walk and I called my friend. Like people are really addicted to other people's energy. And so if you're listening, 
I, I will point that out because it's so common of like, do you feel okay just in our own energy field or do you always need to be connected to somebody else's energy? It's the same way we get addicted to our phones. People get addicted to always connecting with somebody else's energy because it's like filling something in for them. And mm-hmm. there, there's interesting thing of we actually have, we, we say we want spaciousness and we're afraid of it. Mm-hmm. We say we want more free time, but if you had a lot of free time, you'd probably be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. If somebody didn't need you, would you be uncomfortable? Right. If people weren't reaching out to you, would you be uncomfortable? Are you immediately thinking, oh my God, no one loves me because no one wants to hang out? No one's calling me. Right. Where do you get your sense of validation, self love from, oh, everybody wants to be around me? Mm-hmm. So then we get addicted to that. Totally. Yeah. Empaths. Listen, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's hard. And I mean, I dealt with that too. Yeah. For a while. And that still comes up for me. Like if I don't feel like I'm needed or I don't get invited to something or something like that, like my, immediate first reaction which you can't really control yeah is they they don't like me Mm. like I purposefully wasn't invited to that or like they're not texting me like they they hate me (laughs) kind of thing you know yeah and it took a while to kind of um rewire that you know but once you do it's it's like that feeling you talked about when you could finally like you felt like you could leave your house without makeup on yeah you feel so free Totally. You're like, wow, this is peace. Yeah. Camille's like, geez, Christina doesn't reply to me for four weeks. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> you can't be my friend unless you're okay with that. <laughs> oh my God. I don't care. At People all. think I'm like joking. I'm like, I'm literally not joking. I don't talk to I don't respond to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I would have to text you multiple times. But yeah. I knew you were so busy and I always respected you for holding like such strong boundaries yeah. in your life. And that's honestly um given me a lot of permission to do that in mine. I was just thinking about how <laughs> I I've almost had your whole family. Your dad was supposed to come, but didn't work out. But yeah. Yeah. I love getting a whole yeah, family. Yeah, almost my, yeah. My I mom, love, my brother and me. I love getting a whole family. Okay. So love all of this. And I want to hear what you think are some of the common mistakes people make when it comes to their skin or things that might be breaking mm-hmm. them out or ca- making their acne worse that they wouldn't think like, I feel like a lot of people listening to the show probably know a lot of the basics, but I feel like there are all these sneaky things. Like, for example, one that I've been exploring a lot recently has been my, has been like how overly dry skin can cause acne. Right. And like the, the like the layer of skin where it gets really weak and how that can cause acne or the not eating after you work out. That one was a huge one for me that I didn't realize like when your testosterone just stays high. And so when I was like, oh, if I just eat after I work out, that helps. Um, What are some of the things that like you see coming up often that, I mean, maybe they're dumb moments or maybe they're like, oh, I never would have thought of that with Mm -hmm. clients. Yeah. Yeah. Something that continues to pop up recently is people and I'm kind of surprised so many people, women specifically are still doing this but the like not eating until like 11 or 12 oh yeah i'm glad you brought that up okay yeah let's get into it tell me kind of doing like intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. type of thing and um and a lot of those women will have coffee first thing in the morning or they'll have a couple cups of coffee on an empty stomach prior to eating and i think so many people are like 
oh, I know my acne is hormonal and there's not a lot I can do about it. Or like, how can I, um, what supplements can I take to kind of rebalance my hormones? And it's like, there are so many factors that influence hormones and drinking coffee on an empty stomach and then doing a workout and then not eating until 11 or 12 is going to, and doing that consistently over yeah. and over again is going to wreck your hormones, mm -hmm. you know? So just having that food in the morning or yeah, like you said, eating after a workout. So your testosterone doesn't stay high. That's how do you one. help people rearrange that? Because I feel like that's such a lifestyle for so many people, especially mm -hmm. when all the keto stuff got popular. And I think it, it made things. I have a number of friends who do that and they're like, it just makes it easy. Cause I don't have to worry about eating in the morning. And then I have like, you know, two or three big meals in the second part of my day and it just makes it easier. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it becomes this whole lifestyle, you know, and one of my friends who does that, I went on a trip with her and it was like kind of in my way. I was like, can we get breakfast? She's like, mm -hmm. no. She's like, no, I don't eat <laughs> She's it. like, I don't eat You can get breakfast. And I'm just like, this is not fun. But you know what I'm saying? So I yeah. don't know. I mean, or is it the fasting part of it? Is it that it's in the morning? Like, would it be the same thing if somebody flipped their window and instead they they made their fasting period dinner or is it just the fasting overall mm -hmm. it's it's really the morning mm -hmm. piece because if you so and this was something that was a really big takeaway for me in doing the the ihp program is um when so cortisol is your body's stress hormone hormone most people know that but it naturally spikes like around 6 to 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. That's just the natural curve of it. And then it kind of falls throughout the day. And um, cortisol is the body's like, that's the stress response. That's your fight or flight. And if cortisol is not balanced, then it affects all your other hormones, you know? So often it's like, all you need to do is kind of really fix cortisol or rebalance that. And the other ones over time will fall into place. But since it spikes in the morning, when you don't eat and do an intense workout and have coffee, all those things compounded are going to make that cortisol shoot through the roof. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, it would be much better to shift the fasting window. If you still wanted to do the fast, like do it later in the day. Mm -hmm. But yeah, have your breakfast, have your breakfast in the morning and you're, and you're good to go. And I get that it's like a, yeah, it's a lifestyle thing. And I think so many people like the not eating breakfast or having the bulletproof coffee mm -hmm. because they feel so light. Yeah. And I get that. I mean, I did keto for a period of time and I felt amazing on it too. And there is a time and place for it. Um, but people that have been doing it consistently for like eight months, a year, two years, like that's when you start to really see um, hormones take a hit. So why did you stop keto? Um, I did it very strictly, I would say. And I mean, when I, when I do something, I go all in. Yeah, I know. I Same. go all in. And, um, and so I wasn't, I wasn't, and this was a period of my life too, where I was like dating a DJ. I was still like going out and yeah. wanting to drink and stuff. And I just went, went cold Turkey. Like I stopped drinking all alcohol I like was barely eating any vegetables really like I was that's the problem with keto is like mm. 
it makes you so afraid of carbs, even carbs from vegetables, you know? Yeah. I think, well, I think it, it depends who you learn about keto from. That's true. You know, cause yeah, different, different true. people, there are some keto people that are very veggie heavy and others that aren't. Yeah. But yeah. 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 So I guess, yeah, I was in the camp of not a lot of vegetables, but I felt so good. I felt so good. Um, but yeah, I did it for about six weeks and, and then I stopped because I was like, this is too restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did it for like four years. That's FMO. Yeah. It screwed me up. Let's not, let's not talk about it. <laughs> I have so much to say about it anyway. Yeah. Okay. What about, let's like break this apart. Okay. So we got the fasting thing, the coffee people. What if, what if people are, I'm just, what are people thinking right now? They're like, what if I'm drinking my coffee and I'm putting in like creamer and collagen, like I'm putting other stuff in it. Does that mm-hmm. even it out? Or is it just, is, is the problem if it's just straight? So like I mean, if I have fat and protein. Really the problem is having the caffeine on mm. an empty stomach. Oh, so it's the caffeine. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. All those other things that you add to it. And I mean, that could help kind of normalize your blood sugar, mm-hmm. but um, as far as the effect it's going to have on your cortisol, mm-hmm. it's still going to be a negative effect. Um, that's why you drink. That's why we drink King coffee, you guys, because you don't yeah. get that much caffeine, like barely any, I swear to God. Yeah. King um, is great. King, you probably could have on an empty stomach. You'd be totally fine. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, you're really only getting because of the ratio. Like this is what people don't get about it. Like the way it's modulating their stress response. You're really only getting like 15 milligrams of caffeine, which isn't that bad, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if I drink, I I went and got like normal coffee yesterday with my friend and I'm like, every time we do that, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to be not sleeping all day. Right. And I drink, Mm -hmm. I can have like five or six cups of King a day and I feel totally chill. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Mm -hmm. I usually, I also always have a smoothie or something with it. I don't really, yeah, I have. Okay. So, Mm-hmm. eat it eat drink your coffee with something else the caffeine is a problem right what about mm-hmm. the workouts can we talk about this mm, yeah i feel like i feel like the fitness workout space is shifting in a more positive direction because i think back to when we were in college and i feel like it was like you need to be doing hit workouts yeah. all the time and lifting really heavy and um i feel like my my peak of my life is the worst like it was so distorted <laughs> was when i was straight up eating okay i just let's just paint this picture breakfast was plain oatmeal with cinnamon on it maybe half a banana okay lunch was literally like a salad with chicken and avocado dinner was white rice chicken breast and steamed green beans i'm not this is what i was eating okay and maybe a protein shake like just protein powder and water after i would work out and i would go and i would do i would be at the gym for like an 60 to 90 minutes and lift and then twice a week i did my 30 minutes of hit like it was literally like six days a week i was like what that was my life. I'm just laughing because I did the exact same thing. It was, it was, it was a template. I was basically living like a, it was a straight up fucking template from bodybuilding.com. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing. Oh my God. Who was I? 
I don't. Yeah, that was not my truth. We needed to do that. That was not my truth. I was not living my truth. It's so like, oh my god, just the the energy of like the the energy of plain chicken and white rice and and steamed vegetables. Like, just let's just think about the energy with like no seasoning. (laughs) Yeah, no seasoning. You're like afraid of. I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't use salt. I literally got hyponatremia because I didn't use salt. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I when I finally was like, I can use salt and my whole life changed. <laughs> I mean, think of like chicken and green beans with zero seasoning. Oh, my God. It was so dry. Like you just want to vomit. No wonder I was constipated. <laughs> There's nothing to move it through. It's just dry. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't with it. It's so but, but I think the other thing is it's so sorry if this ruffles people's feathers, but I, I just think, see all of us so differently now. I'm like, it was so masculine energy. And if mm-hmm. I'm looking at like putting my body back into balance, like when my personality and energy is already so masculine energy at that time. So type a, you know, like just so masculine. And then I'm, I'm lifting heavy weights and I'm like, like living like in a way that aligns with a man's hormones. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I was so imbalanced. And honestly, I, th- I think from an energetic perspective, you know, there, there's the science, there's the cortisol in terms of like just movement for different people. But this is something that I pay attention to in my life of, of I, because you know, better than anybody that like my body doesn't respond to anything logical. It's all energy. Mm-hmm. And I just, I get so inflamed when I lift weights now. Mm. it's just, I'm so inflamed because I'm like, I have, it's, it's like in an astrology chart, too much fire, right? Like if I'm all fire in my chart, I'm super deficient in earth energy. So it's like, I need more earth to balance it out. And it's like when my whole life is more in masculine energy and like, there's so much going on with business and I'm holding space for everybody. And then I'm going and I'm lifting weights. My body is too overheated. It's too masculine and it just falls apart. Right. So I think about how do I incorporate like feminine energy into my day. And so like mm-hmm. when I changed my movement to being more gentle, my, I, oh my God, I got a million times better, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And it's like that, that yin and yang, that sympathetic and parasympathetic yeah. nervous system. Like when you're, yeah, you're working all day and you're holding space for people and you're like that CEO mm-hmm. and then you're going and doing a really intense, you know, weightlifting workout, you're spending your entire day in the sympathetic nervous totally. system and you're never letting yourself rest and digest and kind of really in an ideal world, you're spending 12 hours of your day in sympathetic 12 hours in the parasympathetic. But if you've been living your life, like 20 hours of your day or whatever, <laughs> like your entire waking hours, all yeah. sympathetic and never resting, like you're going to need a period of time where you're spending the majority of your time in the parasympathetic while you, while that kind of evens out. Um, but yeah, I think there, I think the tides are shifting with, with working out and we're realizing like, as women, we are, we are different. And that doesn't mean that we can't weightlift like, like guys, but like, we need more rest, like let yourself rest. And I, I never would let myself rest. I was like, and I think it's important to, to like, pay attention to your intention behind the things that you're doing. So like for me, working out and fitness and lifting weights, like in college and post-college, um, was, it was something I was really good at. I was good at it and I could control it. And at that point I felt so out of control in other areas of my life, even though that was an illusion, like 
I felt like I couldn't really control my my work situation and how I was feeling about that. I felt like I couldn't control my skin no matter what I did. Nothing was working. And for me, the gym was something, it was like a release in that way. I was like, I'm going to go. I know I'm going to be good at this. And, um, but I was also approaching it from the place of wanting to change my body. Yeah. You know, it was, still, it was just control. Yeah. I want to control. control my body. Totally. And, and that's a problem, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't see it. I didn't see it at the time. Um, so, and I think too, just surrendering to the fact that you, like your body will do better with more rest. Mm-hmm. Like we're, I feel like for a long time we were, we were taught just do more, keep, Mm -hmm. keep, keep doing, keep going, grind, grind, grind. And it's like, that doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't feel good. Not a machine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just spent so long in that, in that space. So yeah. And I get with the whole routine of like so many people, um, can only fit in their workout in the morning. And if yeah. they, and maybe they really like weightlifting and I don't want to take that away. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to take that away from you. Right. But, um, maybe just, I like to think of, think of your life as like a little experiment. Don't take things so seriously. Like if you've been waking up first thing in the morning, chugging pre-workout and going and lifting really heavy, um, just try like having a banana or like having a piece of toast first in the morning and then and then working out and slowly just trying different things and paying attention to how you feel like really tuning in to to how things make you feel so are you more of an afternoon workout person i honestly now well now i have the flexibility in my schedule to um move my body when i want to uh so it really depends on the day and kind of how i'm feeling but lately i've been experimenting a lot more with cycle syncing with Mm -hmm. my workouts. So like this whole past week I was on my period and I have not stepped foot in the gym. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I've just been doing more kind of walks, yoga, Pilates types of stuff at home, or sometimes I just sit and do nothing. Like Mm -hmm. I just, whatever, um, feels good that day. I do still love weightlifting. I love the gym. Um, but I only, I'm not like, I used to approach it from like, okay, I have to do three leg days, and two yeah. arm days. And then I have to, yeah, do my 30 minutes of hit yeah. every week. And if I don't do that, I failed, mm-hmm. you know, and I just don't, I just don't do that anymore. Yeah. It's way too strict. Um, and so now when I, yeah, if I have some time in the morning, maybe I'll go at like eight or nine, a, nine AM and I just do what I feel like doing. Love that. Okay. Yeah. Well, for some, so if somebody has active breakouts and they have the flexibility, would you suggest they move their workout later in the day? It really depends on, it depends on your body type, Mm -hmm. first of all. And when, like when you have that kind of, I would, I would pay attention to like when you need your, your mind to be the most active. Like Mm -hmm. for me, um, I've noticed like my best working hours are, are in the morning. So if I try to, if I try to do like a really early workout, um, that often takes a lot of my energy and then I'm kind of less productive throughout the day. Um, so I think finding where that, um, working around like when your best working hours are, if you, if you have the flexibility to do that 
And when you naturally feel like you need to like release that energy, you know, Mm -hmm. and move your body. I think so much of it is just tuning in to, to your body and what you need that day and, and not making yourself stick to this really strict, rigid schedule Yeah, all the time. You know, every day is different. That would require us to listen to ourselves. What an idea. (laughs) What a freaking idea. It's crucial. It's so crucial. It's so crucial. Okay. Any other sneaky things you want to mention? Sneaky things. There's nothing really that's coming. What I will just wrap up with, because we've talked about this a lot, but like this B vitamin ordeal. (laughs) Vitamins. B vitamins. They're in everything that they don't need to be in. And in in 60,000% of my daily dose. So I when I when I realized that the the B vitamins I have been taking from my doctor were giving me 111% of my daily Bs. I mean no wonder. No wonder I was having issues, you know, and and mm-hmm. like random drinks, you know, it's like they put B vitamins in everything and I was looking at like my adrenal stuff, you know, and then my, the protein powder, like it's like all of it builds up and, and mm-hmm. all of, first of all, they all have a super high dose. All these random things have a high dose and they will be in supplements that you don't expect them to be in as well. And then you, it already has a high dose. And then you add all of these things on top of each other. And I'm like, wow, I'm getting a 1 million percent of my daily B needs. <laughs> 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 Holy yeah, shit. So you know, so I would just... I would say if you're struggling with your skin, look at your B vitamins because that is like a big one and liver stuff. I just always think it's, it's liver stuff. Yeah. I'd say just come back to the basics. Mm -hmm. I think I see this so often where people are trying to do a million things. They're like, well, okay, what if this is out of balance or that's out of balance? Okay. What, what supplements do I take? I need to take more. I need to be doing all these other things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, let's just go back to the basics. Like if your organs aren't function functioning properly, like you mentioned before, like if you're constipated or your body can't sweat, your, the toxins need to come out somehow. So they're going to release through your skin. And it doesn't really matter how many supplements you take if your liver's really stressed and yeah. you can't process them. So just coming back to the basics and like checking in and saying like, am I eating whole foods and lots of fruits and vegetables? Um, am I moving my body and sweating? Am I checking in with myself? Am I getting enough sleep? Like just those basic things, get those in line first before mm-hmm. asking, okay, what supplements do I have to take? Like, how can I optimize my skincare perfectly, you know, yeah. like start with, start with the basics. Less is more, including, is more. including taking on other people's energy, set up your boundaries. <laughs> yes. So your skin doesn't have a scream at you. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Amazing. Well, this has been great. So fun. So fun. And I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you further. And depending on whenever you listen to this, you can see if Camille's taking clients. <laughs> yeah, uh, if probably you, will be. if you need help with your skin. So, if people want to uh, connect with you, where is the best place? Give them all the links. Yep, you can find me on Instagram at Camille Marie underscore nutrition. 
Um, you also can find me on Clear Stem Skincare's page and on their website too. I have a I have a page on their site. Um, those are really the two places right now. I'm working on building my own website, but Instagram really is the best place to connect okay. with me. Perfect. All of that will be in the show notes. Amazing. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to take a screenshot, share it to social media, tag me, tag Camille, tag at Christina, the channel podcast. So we can repost and say thank you. It always means the world when you share podcast episodes. It just takes a second. It really does help to spread word about the podcast. And yeah, I just can't tell you how much that means to me when you guys do share it with other people. And if, if you know somebody in your life who's struggling with their skin and you think any of this information would help them, definitely send it their way. I'm sure they would appreciate it. I know Camille and I uh, like when our friends send us things that are helping us with our life problems. So yes, there you go. The best. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you again so much for listening in. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day and I will chat with you again next episode.